Good morning. I am so glad that you're here with us this morning. If you're joining us online, thank you for doing so. We have a lot of movement in our church, and movement is a sign that the Holy Spirit is working. Sometimes when movement occurs, he moves people out, which is what's happening in the case of Jake and Chelsea. And we pray for them and hope that their new journey at North Point, or does I say that right? It is North Point, right? I know there was a point and there was a, a, a direction. Their new journey at North Point goes well and, and that God blesses that. And I'm excited for uh, Jerrica to join our staff. Uh, she, we're going to be working with each other all the time now. We're, we work at school together and we're at home together and then we'll be at church together. It uh, wasn't something that we necessarily planned, but it is something that we feel God calling us to. And so I would encourage you over the next few weeks, if you have questions for Jerrica, if you want to talk to her about her thoughts and views on children ministry and some of the ideas that she has to do that. We'll obviously give you some time on that first Sunday in, in August when we're going to vote to ask any questions at that point if you have them. I'm going to move this cord back so I don't fall over it. Uh, having said all that, before we get started, there's something I feel like I need to admit. I don't know why I feel like I need to admit this, but I'm going to because one of the things I have felt called to as a pastor is to be very open and honest about mental health struggles. And I will tell you that today, for whatever reason, I'm experiencing a ton of anxiety. So if I sound weird at any point, or if I come off as awkward, uh, just know that I am having some sort of internal struggle this morning that I cannot explain to you, but solely exists. I will tell you, I already feel better having talked to you, which is my next message. If you're struggling with anxiety and or depression, make sure that you talk to somebody because holding it inside will do nothing for you. And so having said all of that, we are going to talk about communication today and what I hope will be kind of a new view of communication for you. We continue our series, The A-Team. We look at what it takes to really build an A-Team, you know, to build, build strong lines of friendship and communication and relationship. And so today we talk about a major piece, which is communication. Now, I know it's shocking to no one, but communication is a very important piece of teamwork. You can't have an A-team and not have established patterns of communication. Now, it takes some trial and error in any relationship that you're in. Uh, it takes some time to learn what each person needs in the realm of communication. Some people need more. Other people need less. Some people do really well when you approach them. Others do better when you wait for them to approach you. We look at communication from what I hope today is a different perspective. So everything I just said is very true, but also doesn't pertain a lot to my message today. And so as we look at communication today, we're going to look at the story of David and Jonathan in 1 Samuel chapters 18 and 19. It'll be a little like last week. I'll try to give you kind of a quick synopsis and some background before we hit our main part of the passage. But David, the shepherd boy, the tamer of wild beasts, the slayer of Goliath is brought into the house of Saul, who King Saul into his palace, and he is put at the head of his army as the commander of his army. Now, just a little bit of background. Saul was the king that the people wanted. They asked for Saul. Saul looked like a king. He was large in stature. Uh, historians tell us, I can only assume he had a deep voice and a gnarly beard. Uh, he was a handsome fella, they tell us. He looked the part of a king. If you were to pick a king out of a lineup without hearing them speak, without knowing anything about them, you would pick Saul. And that's what the Israelites did. But the problem with Saul was, is he wasn't the most godly individual. He was not chasing after God's 
heart. And then there's David. David is the complete opposite. Now, he has some impressive military feats, uh, but he is a tiny fella. Uh, we're estimating somewhere right around the five-foot mark, uh, slight in stature, uh, probably like the size I was in kindergarten, and that's not a joke. Um, he did not look like the king, but he was kingly in every other sense of the word. He was a good leader. He chased after God's heart. He wanted the best for his people, and he put others first. And so we see that while Saul was the king that the people wanted, David becomes the king that the people need, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. So while he's placed in Saul's household that's the commander of his army he develops a really strong bond with Saul's eldest son Jonathan Jonathan who will be Saul's heir uh, becomes David's best friend and Jonathan seems to recognize something special about David he seems to to realize that God has divinely elected him to one day be king and I say that because of what we see in first Samuel chapter 18 verses 3 through 4 it says and Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and he gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. All of these things which would have pointed to the people that Jonathan was the heir of Saul, the, their future king, Jonathan willingly gave over to his friend David. This covenant relationship that they have will play large as we move on. But one thing I want us all to be aware of, and this does pertain to communication, but it's just in general. As teammates, we have to have one another's back. As teammates, we have to have one another's back. Now, David has unrivaled military success. It continues as he is placed in Saul's household and as he becomes the commander of the armies. Everything he does, because God is with him, is successful. It goes kind of hand in hand with what we talked about when God calls you to do something, he's agreeing to partner with you in that something. Well, he called David to be who David was, and he partnered with David to make sure that his military conquests were almost always successful. Now, David's exploits earned him the fandom of the people. I say that because of what we see in verses 7 and 8 and 18, which say, as they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. But this didn't set too well with Saul, as we're about to see. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They've credited David with ten thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? You see, Saul is jealous. Now, it's a really weird thing to be jealous about, to, to be upset about people saying that you've killed thousands of people and wanting that to be more. I feel like if you ever come across somebody who's upset about that, you should probably steer clear of them. If somebody's like, hey, that guy's killed thousands of people, and he's like, it's been way more than that, then you should probably uh, just kind of stay away. Keep your distance. Go with the six feet rule. Get out of the way. But Saul is jealous. He doesn't like the fact that David seems to be getting more credit for battles won than he is. He's the king, as I said before, that the people wanted. But as we see, David is the king that God had determined that the people needed. And so Saul's treatment towards David becomes very two-faced. His words and his actions affirm his love for David to the point where David feels like this guy loves me. He wants me to be his son-in-law, as we'll see. He wants me to be a part of his household for a really long, long time. But while his words and his actions affirm David, his heart seeks to take David's life. 
He wants to rid himself of this thorn in his side that David has become. So Saul tells David, yes, I want you to be my son-in-law, but the bride price is skins from the Philistines. Now, I'm just going to tell you that it's foreskins because it says that in scripture and we can't hide from that. If you don't know what that is, ask your neighbor after the service. Uh, <laughs> But his bride price for his daughter's hand in marriage is the foreskins of Philistines. His hope is that in him trying to obtain these things, which I can only imagine would be very dangerous. I feel like any time you're seeking that, the person battling you would be highly motivated to prevent you from accomplishing your task. And that's all I will say. Uh, but he's hoping that in this, David will lose his life. I know that because of what's said in verse 24, when it says, when Saul's servants told him what David had said, Saul replied, say to David, the king wants no other price for the bride than the hundred, than a hundred Philistine foreskins to take revenge on his enemies. Saul's plan was to have David fall by the hands of the Philistines. It's once we start to get into chapter 19, which we're going to hop into next, that we see what I think is a very different view of communication as it applies to any type of teamwork relationship, right? And we talked about last week, if you were here or weren't here, if you're online, how I love these type of series because anything based around teamwork can apply to so many areas of our life, whether that be marriage, friendships, work relationships, church relationships, it just applies vastly. So uh, take what we're about to discover today and apply it to all areas in your life. And I think that you'll see your relationships and, and your teammates, uh, your, your team relationships grow stronger. So looking at 1 Samuel 19, the first three verses, it said, Saul told his son, Jonathan, and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan, taking a great liking to David and warned him, my father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. So be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are. I will speak to him about you and I will tell you what I find out. So the first thing that I think that we learn from this about communication is that good teammates have delicate conversations about unknown conflicts. I'm going to say that again. Good teammates have delicate conversations about unknown conflicts. I go back to the idea that you can't expect someone to know there's an issue or even attempt to fix an issue if they have no idea that the issue is present. Okay, now maybe they should know, maybe they should be very aware, or maybe they're a lot like myself and they're just kind of uh, vastly unaware of life happenings at times. Everyone that's married to a husband in this room is saying, you're definitely right, right? Because we can walk through life oblivious to all life's happenings and struggles, think everything's great until you tell us otherwise. And it's at that point that we try to fix those things. Well, that applies to all relationships. We can't fix something that we don't know is broken. Everything up to this conversation with Jonathan has told David that Saul likes him and likes him very much. He gave him his daughter to be his wife. He has said over and over again how much he loves David. So David has no really mind frame for the idea that there is a conflict here. He thought his relationship was strong. Again, he married his daughter. Saul's heir was his best friend. Saul put on a happy face. But the truth was that he was anything but happy with David. 
He was anything but happy with David. Now, maybe they could have come to a solution if Saul had expressed to David how he felt. Maybe David could have told Saul, convinced him that he was there to serve and not to take over. David could have told Saul that he loved him and that he was loyal, but Saul never gave him that chance. Luckily for David, Jonathan was willing to have a tough conversation with him. And I can tell you that I have been rescued on a number of occasions by folks having tough conversations with me to let me know that, hey, here at church or at work sometimes, hey, so-and-so has an issue and I have been completely oblivious to it. And it was only at that point that they were willing to have that conversation that I was able to reach out, offer an olive branch, try to correct my actions, see that I had made a mistake because I'll be honest, most of the times people have been upset with me. It's because I have made a mistake that is worthy of being upset with me, but it wasn't intentional, right? And if I hadn't known about it, how could I possibly have fixed it? Well, teammates, good teammates see when these types of conflicts are occurring and they look to be the bridge between the two parties. They look to have those conversations to say, hey, just so you know, and I'm not trying to start anything. I'm not trying to gossip. I'm not trying to upset you or even rat them out. But I just want you to know that there is this issue and you should be aware of it. I just wanted you to be aware of it because I don't think that you are. And that's exactly what Jonathan did for David. And he was in a tough spot, which a lot of us will be because a lot of times when we have to do this, it puts us in the middle of two teammates, right? So he's in between his king and his, and his father and his best friend and the young man that he made a covenant with. And so he's trying to be this balancing act where he honors his father and honors his king, but also protects the life of his teammate, of his loved one, of his best friend, David. Good teammates are willing to have tough conversations they don't want to have right? A lot of times we have to have discussions with folks that we don't want to have. We would love for issues to just resolve themselves. I don't want to talk to you about this. I just want it to be fixed, right? I don't want to hurt feelings. I don't want to ruffle feathers. I don't want to cause more conflict. Uh, But if we hope to have resolutions, if we hope to really build strong ties of friendship and fellowship, At times, we have to have those very tough and uncomfortable conversations. In 1 Samuel 19, 4 through 5, it says, Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you, and what he has done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all Israel, and you saw it and were glad. Why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? What do we learn about communication from this little blurb of scripture? Well, it's that good teammates have conversations on behalf of their teammates. Good teammates have conversations on behalf of their teammates. This too requires a delicate balance because here's the thing, it is always better, and I do mean always better, to encourage folks to have the conversation with them by themselves, right? Like you go and have the conversation with the person that you have an issue with. It would be better, I think, for Jonathan to say, hey, dad, Mr. King, uh, Saul, sir, uh, you should really talk to David. 
Like, I can be there. Like we could all talk together. I can, I can stand in the middle, but it would be best for you to have this conversation because a lot can get lost in translation. And sometimes when you're talking on someone else's behalf, you don't get everything perfectly correct, but better to step up and say something than to say nothing at all and let some inappropriate or wrong view of a person uh, gain weight, so to speak. I don't know if that was maybe the correct <laughs> uh, thing to use there, but it's always best to encourage folks to have conversations themselves, but we also have this responsibility to speak truth about people when a false view is being given or felt. Here's the thing I know about all relationships. All relationships start with a first impression every single one. And sometimes because we are imperfect, ungodly, sinful people, or we just are having a bad day, or we're riddled with anxiety, or we're depressed, or we're having trouble at home, or work's been tough, or whatever else, for whatever reason, sometimes we make a bad first impression. And then we find ourselves having to battle that first impression that we made on someone throughout the entirety of that relationship. And sometimes it's easy. Sometimes we'll never see that person again. Sometimes that person is going to be in our life for years to come, and we're still having to fight this battle. So when we're having to fight this uphill battle, what a joy it would be and how nice it would be to have a teammate who has had experience with us who has seen the best of us, who has over a prolonged period of time got to really see our personality, get to know our heart, know where we're coming from, know what we're like on a normal basis, speak up for us. We're not belittling the issue that someone else has with our teammate. We're not excusing that behavior. We're not saying that they shouldn't have an issue. We're just expressing the truth that we know. Hey, listen, I don't know why that happened. I don't know why they were rude to you. I don't know why they were grumpy. I don't think they have a problem with you. I know that sometimes they need to tell their face that they don't have a problem with you. Uh, and we've all been there, but this is what they're normally like. This is all they've ever been in my experience. And I think maybe right now there's just a miscommunication or maybe you guys got off to the wrong foot and you just need to try again. And here's what I know about them. And this is what I think about them. And this is the truth that I see. Again, becoming that bridge, uh, that, that band-aid to kind of mend the wound that has been built. It's such a benefit to have someone that will go to bat for us and share positive experiences. This isn't about blind loyalty either. I want to be clear about that. This isn't just about blind loyalty. They're my friend, so I'm going to take their side no matter what. This is about sharing the truth that you know about an individual which is exactly what Jonathan was doing with King Saul in this moment. Hey, King, Dad, whatever he called him, Mr. Saul, Sir, David has never wronged you. I mean, I know you're upset about that song that those women came in to town singing, but that song was a song they created. He didn't ask them to say that he killed 10,000 and you only killed 1,000. That wasn't his doing. What he has done is fight for you. What he has done is be a good husband to your daughter. What he has done is be a good friend to me. He took his life in his own hands by fighting a giant and he struck that giant down and he did so in your name on behalf of the Israelites and that brought you joy. Do you remember that? 
Do you remember the good? No one we ever meet is all bad. Personalities don't always mesh. We don't always have to be everyone's best friend. All your friends don't have to be best friend, right? Like they don't all have to be the ones that come over and play Dungeons and Dragons with you. Sometimes they can be the guy you just talk to on the weekend, and that is okay as I knock my iPad into the floor. Not everyone has to be the closest of the closest of the closest. But I will tell you from my experience, especially on the teams that I have been on, that even when those personalities don't mesh, there is usually, I would say 99.999% of the time, always something good about every individual that you come across. There's always something good. They may have a tough personality. You may not like them very much. Believe it or not, that's kind of been the way I think people have viewed me for the majority of my life. I, for the most part, have been a very specific cup of tea. (laughs) Without sugar or cream, a little like dirt water, and kind of brown most of the time. (laughs) Right? But also, I can tell you that I genuinely love all people. That is something good I can say about me. I don't always handle things well. I don't always say the right words. Sometimes I make a joke at the most inopportune of moments. I have a hard time being serious unless I'm up on this stage. And then I still at times have a really hard time being serious, right? I have flaws. I have flaws. But because of God, And here's the key. Because of God, I know that there are good things within me. Because he is in this somewhere. Sorry, it's not better looking. But because he is in this somewhere, there is good within me. And I want to talk about specifically the body of Christ. If there are people in this body, maybe they're not your favorite. Maybe there's some like oil and water happening as far as the way that your personalities mix and match. But there, because God is with them, is good inside of them. And we need to do our best to see that good in others. And when we notice that others are having trouble seeing that good in them, we need to communicate on their behalf. We need to go to bat for them and say, hey, look, I know you're struggling right now, but here's the good I know about them. I'm not excusing their behavior. I'm not excusing anything that's made you feel the way you feel. I just think maybe you guys got off on the wrong foot because what I know about them is this, right? What I know about them is this. And we can follow that pattern that we see in scripture, especially in this story that Jonathan went to bat for David. He fought for David. Words have power. This is what I'm going to leave you with. Words have power. And it's important that we use ours to justly defend one another and to build one another up because the body of Christ has no room for tearing one another down. It cannot happen. Okay. It cannot happen. We have to fight for that which is good and that which is righteous. We need to fight for on one another's behalf to see the good in each and every individual because we can get in that pattern where we're really negative, where we're really negative and every little just mark just right outside the line on our coloring page can add to that. Well, I told you, see, 
See? And then when we're looking for that person to step a toe out of line or make that mistake, it just justifies and, and builds on that wrong view we have of them. And we have to fight against that because that is not a godly thing. So understand that your ability to communicate on the behalf of others is vastly important to the success of any team that you are on. It is vastly important to our success as a team here at Crosspoint, and we have to have this type of heart that Jonathan had for David in our relationships with others. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. I'm also going to pray as the band comes up and as we continue our service. If, if, if you need to talk about something today, this can pertain to the sermon, this can pertain to life. If, if you need to speak with somebody. If there's something inside of you right now that you're harboring, that you're trying to deal with all on your own, that, that you just are bearing the weight of and it is starting to crush you, let it out. Come find me. Come talk to me. Let me know. I have big, broad shoulders. God gave those to me for a reason. I find it easier at times to carry your load than my own. And you probably could say the same thing. But do not, do not enclose, okay? Do not close off to the world. Do not forget that God has called us to share in one another's burdens and to love one another through the various trials that we face. If you have an issue with somebody in your life today, whether that be inside of this church, that be a relationship in your family, that be a relationship in your workplace, communicate. Communicate. Be the bigger person. It doesn't matter if they're not going to be. It doesn't matter if maybe they won't be receptive. But you be the one to offer the olive branch. If we're always waiting for other people to do the right thing, the right thing will never get done. Be the person who acts. Be the person who moves. Be willing to have that tough conversation. If you have something going on in your life where there's conflict and one of the parties is oblivious and the other party just keeps bashing, share the right view of that person with the basher and let the other person know, hey, maybe you should have a conversation with so-and-so. Our lives are too short. This world is too broken for us to waste time hating other people, for us to waste time in needless conflict. It doesn't do anything for the kingdom. It certainly doesn't do anything for you. When you hold a grudge or you're angry at someone else, the only person you end up hurting is yourself. So I challenge you this week to be open and honest with yourself about those relationships that need mending. Don't just hope the issue disappears. Be proactive. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I thank you for this message. I hope that it was impactful uh, for everyone here like it was impactful for me this week. I know sometimes, God, uh, I'm just not a very good communicator. I, I don't speak up when I need to speak up. Uh, I tend to uh, just agree at times rather than uh, fight for truth. Uh, Lord, I know that uh, that is wrong. That is sinful, and it's not a very godly way to act on the behalf of my teammates, on the behalf of my friends, on behalf of the ones that I love. 
God, I pray that you would convict us of those relationships in our life that need to be mended, that you would help us to be brave and have courage and to take that first step towards trying to fix a wrong in our life. I know that that can be scary. I know that that can be tough, but God, we live in a world that wants us to be separated, that wants us to fight amongst ourselves, that wants us to look out for only number one. And what a just ungodly view of what this world is supposed to be for a Christian. God, give us hearts for people that long to see the good in others, that long to serve one another, that long to love one another. Help us to use our words not to tear down, but to build up, to fight for what's right and what is good. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to stand over here to the right. If you need to come talk to somebody, if you just need to have a conversation, come talk with me. If you need to pray with somebody about something, come pray with me. Uh, I want to pray with you. I will promise you this. There's nothing you can tell me I haven't heard before. There's nothing you can say that you've done that I probably haven't done before. Okay, so as always, this is a judgment-free, love-first zone. I just want to help share in your burden. So if you need to talk, you need to pray, I'm back over here this morning. Otherwise, stand with us and let's just worship. If you don't want to pray with me, grab somebody else. Joy, could I have you actually stand over here? If you'd like to pray with uh, a young lady, Joy will be standing over underneath this television and she'll want to pray with you. Jake is directly in the back and he would love to pray with you as well. Stand today, worship, don't leave anything undone.